Welcome to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Jenny. I'm Zach. And we are watching some definite movies that were off, off, off limits. Too spooky, too scary, too pointy teethy uh, <laughs> for our, our growing up. So that's what Forbidden Cinema is all about. Revisiting those movies. Were they worth the hype? Were they worth keeping us from it? Some of them were, some of them weren't. This one, TBD. We'll see... Can I just say, though, welcome back to the 90s. We've been living in the 80s for so long. And the 80s, I love the 80s. I, I, I feel like uh, Danny Trejo talking about Antonio Banderas. Like, like, I love him. He's great. But he's a Spaniard. He's not a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, like the 90s are my decade. Yes. The yes. 80s, I was there. I get it. We were I, there. We were tangential to it. We saw it happening. But the 90s happened to us exactly. like, or we happened to it i, d- I don't know maybe we a happened little, to the 90s lover we ha- <laughs> oh man yes this had all the 90s glory and we even said we're watching an interview with a vampire yeah that's what we did pointy teeth that's what i'm talking about <laughs> sorry could have been a lot of things i guess a movie that we watched on amazon that i have on dvd but i couldn't be buggered to go get it off of the shelf <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just easier. That's 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 one thing the 90s did not allow us is just the simplicity to just do everything for one remote. We'll get into it probably a little later, but in HD, this movie lives up in a way that I don't think I'd ever really noticed before. So, I mean, we'll, I'd never we'll seen this that. before. Um, I'm very well versed. So, tell me tell me about your history. Well, I'm very well versed in Anne Rice Interview with the Vampire, Vampire Lestat, like Armand, Queen of the Damned. Had you read these by the time the movie came out? Oh, yes. Okay. I'd read these in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. That's a little much. Right, exactly. Like that's, that's kind of what we were talking about. Like books, books were free reign. Books didn't have the same impact as movies, which I beg to differ sometimes. I'm pretty sure I've read some things in books that have really stuck with me, um, <laughs> you know, positively, negatively, you know, all of those things. But, oh, I was well aware of this, of this movie, and I didn't go see it. Um, I, I think that I knew, like, I got introduced to this by my dad because I think he had gone to the Southern Festival of Books and gotten a copy of Interview of the Vampire signed by Anne Rice oh, for, wow. for my aunt. And that just kind of, kind of where it came from there. I got that interest and, and started reading them. Um, and I guess, I mean, I don't think I bought the, I I was fifth and sixth grade. When would I have gone and bought a book by myself? Oh, I was saving up all of my allowance to buy Star Wars. Uh, but I wouldn't have like books. driven myself and gone and bought. They would have, anybody would have seen what I, what I bought. So it was fine. Um, and I, yeah, I read them all. Um, except for Tale of the Body Thief, Body Tale of the Body. You know what? That actually might be my favorite of the series. I haven't read that one. Really? No, I don't know why. I don't. I just decided. I was like, I'm done with these. <laughs> and maybe that's why I didn't watch the movie. I was like, I've already been there, done that. And you know, it, it seems it, it. I quickly fell into the hype that it was silly because gotcha. I think it got a lot of that feedback when it came out. I think my experience was knowing this was a thing, but not really having any interest in it. And then it was on a tape with a children's movie. I don't remember the children. I think it might have been Batman. Batman Forever is not a children's movie, but 
It was on a tape of something that my sister... Hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me? (laughs) It was on a tape of something my sister borrowed from the neighbors. Got it. And it had that and this and Dream Lover with James Spader, which we've kind of discussed a little bit. We have discussed, yes. And I remember trying to like rewind to get to Batman and pressing play to see like, where are we? And Dream Lover has a very full frontal lady scene and... I had not really experienced what a lady <laughs> happened below the belt. And it's like, oh, oh okay, that's a thing. <laughs> it's like, 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 get, get that thing off the screen. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. I'm like, oh, actually, like, huh. You know? like, once you once you like got past it, you're like, let me think about that for a little while. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then moving on to Interview with the Vampire, and I'm like, oh, like, there's a lot of people crying. There's a lot of people whatever, but like, Oh, there's some lady parts in that too, and and there's a lot of blood, like way more blood than I was expecting from what I thought was like a girl movie. Hmm, a girl movie. I, was like I guess 14, it, you I know. mean, it did have Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in it, which really is, you know, who are you trying to attract when you cast Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in a '90s movie? I mean, they are two beautiful people, right? Exactly. So I, I so I knew going into the movie that there's it's bloodier than you'd expect from a girl movie there's some girl parts and then you know when i finally rented this at maybe 19 i knew oh hey like brad pitt and tom cruise are great freaking actors and there might actually be some cool stuff here and then was when i read the books okay and i think i got to Oh, probably Memnock the Devil. Is that book book five? Maybe I feel like we were reading. I had started reading them again, mm-hmm. or some new ones when we were dating. Gotcha. Initially, gotcha. like gold, like what? Blood and gold. I think. I think the Vampire Armand. I think I got through that. I think that's book six. I think book seven is Blood and Gold, which is Marius's story. Yeah, isn't that the one with the violin? And the violin's Vampire Lestat. No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh, there's more violence. Oh, there is one that is a newer, more recent one where Anne Rice could not stop talking about just this like rhapsodic violin. It was, I had to stop reading it. I was like, this is, I can't even with this. I can't <laughs> there even. There is a violin. It's one of the Mayfair Witches books. No, it's no, not it's called. it's still not that. Okay. I don't, maybe it is violin one of the Mayfair Witches, but that's an Anne Rice too, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it is that one, but. Or blood can't can't. That's that's another one. That's another one. I didn't get that far. I got into uh, blood and gold, and I read about a hundred pages, and nothing happened. And I basically just said, if something is so beautiful that somebody has to cry, I'm just gonna quit. And I turned <laughs> the page, and something was so beautiful, somebody had to cry. I was like, I'm just gonna move on to another another book. Series. I really feel like um, Anne Rice was, and I wrote this down, like way emo before her time. Oh, yeah. I mean, because she think- was writing these way before the 90s. This came out in the 90s, but it really tapped into that that emo vibe. I think she was writing these to like 2016 or something. Oh, I mean, yeah, there yeah, was, yeah. I think Lestat meets aliens and Lestat saves Atlantis. And there's, oh, no. there's a whole, like, there's more of it that we haven't read than we have. <laughs> Which is so funny because... I mean, this is the movie that the world knows. I mean, I know that uh, Queen of the Damned exists, but I don't think people put them together, really. Oh, Queen of the Damned is one of the most enjoyable garbage movies ever made. That definitely put 
this whole vibe back on my mother's radar <laughs> as a big hell no. <laughs> like, wait, you've read that? <laughs> yeah. Like a million years ago. <laughs> when I was nine? I mean, Duh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. That's why disclosure is still on my list because that was a book I was not allowed to read. It's Michael Crichton, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Sphere and uh, Jurassic Park and whatever, but like a book about sexual harassment in the workplace. Like they had no problem with Rising Sun, like a book about a uh, erotic asphyxiation gone wrong. But Were they aware of what an erotic asphyxiation was gone wrong? I'm pretty sure they didn't. I think they just knew that there was a movie with uh, Sean Connery playing a uh, black Japanese man. Like that seems legit. <laughs> Kosher, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was fine. Um, you know, it, it had some some goofiness to it, but I mean, every everything you look back on the nineties, you kind of go, oh, oh, you know, you're nostalgic and also like, hmm, okay. We'll get to it later. I enjoyed it, and I've seen this movie probably twenty times, okay. but I probably haven't seen it in twenty years. Okay. So I yeah, I, we've discussed. I went through a big goth phase. Uh, right. <laughs> 20 I, years I really ago feel and- like the the costuming. So we start off in the late seventeen hundreds in. Um, New Orleans. Yes. So it is a very dandy time. There's a lot of flowiness. A lot of cravats and neckerchiefs. I mean, we end in like 1891 in Paris. So, you know, like there's, yes, there's just much flowy. (laughs) Very, very much. And it was very of the time again. Uh, I think, you know, lots of crushed velvets, uh, lots of deep purples and... Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, I think that this really fed right in. I mean, it, you know, people probably were LARPing <laughs> as, as Lestat, and they didn't look that out of place. So we watched this on Amazon in high def. One of the things that was rated R for was smoking. I'm pretty sure that's not an original MPAA guidance. That had, that uh, had to come not. later. Surely not. Surely not. And it's so little. It's such a little bit of smoking <laughs> for the 90s. Directed by Neil Jordan? I'm not sure. I don't know Neil Jordan off the top of my I head. I think he's the guy that just does all Irish movies. I think he did The Crying Game and Michael Collins. And I didn't realize he did anything but Irish revolutionary movies. Hmm. Which that makes me think of. We were just watching. What were we watching? Pa- was that Patriot Games? Yes. Patriot Games. Yeah. Patriot Games is like. Michael Collins from the other side of the, it's like the the vampire Lestat of Michael Collins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really not. <laughs> Completely not that. <laughs> but I do remember watching all of those. Um I mean that one's on a Jack that is a Jack Ryan. Yes. Harrison yes. Ford playing Jack Ryan. It's the first time Harrison Ford that, that when he took over the the mantle from Alec Baldwin. Got it. Right. So yeah, clear and present danger and all that. And even though he's not technically in Air Force One, it still falls word, with, word. Uh, falls under that umbrella. I definitely was like, I don't think I'm really interested in Irish bombing people. Like I was so bored in this one, like as a kid. Because we watched this, you know we movies movies for were not for kids like you you just sat down and you were kind of forced to watch adult movies because that's what there was i think we've i mean poor one out for sissy spacek not really uh poor one out for loretta lynn i've been forced to watch in a motel room in a one mo- room 
motel with two queen beds with my parents and my sister. We've watched Coal Miner's Daughter twice. <laughs> two different times on two different vacations. That's depressing. That is definitely not a movie for children. Absolutely not. Well, I did say we started off, uh, we're in San Francisco. They have a big, bright sign, San Francisco. And I appreciated it because there's a lot of movies we've watched that it's halfway through. We don't even know where we are. Tom Cruise gets first billing. Which is, I remember thinking that because like that, he's Lestat and this really Lestat is in it, but he's not the main character. Um, And I did have a problem because I didn't really think about this being French and reading it as a kid, it was Lewis. I read Lewis. I've got a note on that later that I listened to the vampire Lestat driving to uh, Illinois for a concert festival on audiobook on tape from the Nashville Public Library. Uh-huh. And the narrator said Lewis. Really? Yes. Okay. So... I remember I was like, I'm going to be really weirded out by Louis. But it didn't bother me. I mean, it, I've got a lot of distance uh, now, so it's fine. And I it mean, makes total Louis sense. Louis Dupont du Lac. I don't think they ever say his last name in, okay. the, in the movie, do they? I don't know. But, no, not in the movie, no. I mean, I don't even remember. You remember way more than I how's, do. How's my French, babe? That was great. The Stat de Lyon cool? Yeah, it was good. Okay, look at that. <laughs> um, Christian Slater is in this movie. He looks so cute, too. Do you know the circumstances about Christian Slater in this film? No. I hate it because I, I know a little going deeper on this already. I, there's some. There, it's the 90s. That's where you started going deeper. Right. They pushed back the start of filming about a month so that River Phoenix could finish the movie he was in. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. So River Phoenix was going to be Malloy. Yes, yes. Interesting. I'm not sure that would have had the same vibe. I mean... I don't think so. No, I, I think, but then again, I don't know because I saw this when I was 19. And so it's just always been in my head that a little more frenetic, a little, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A little, I mean, which I think a writer should be a little bit more higher energy. And But wouldn't, weren't Brad Pitt and River Phoenix, the river runs through it, weren't they in that together? So it would have kind of been a reunion. I don't remember if River Phoenix was in A River Runs Through It, okay. which I've seen that maybe, a lot. Maybe it just has the word river in it. You just so assumed I, so? Yeah. I don't think he did what he was. Okay. Maybe not. Um, we watched that a lot, too. That That's a that's a tough one. I've never seen that one. I mean, I love it, but it's a tough one. Um, it is where my love of Brad Pitt and Robert Redford combine and make a beautiful thing. Um, I do have... I was like, that's great. Right? We, we meet. We're in a, a hotel. Kind of a... That's seedy, but like old, old San Francisco yes. hotel is is where we are. We can tell. Um, we are seeing Christian Slater. We see um, Brad Pitt's back, and at very first, I was like, "He's talking around those teeth." Like was the first thing. First, I was like, "He he worked into him. It got better." But I was like, Damn "He never it. fully got around the teeth." I mean, it got better it got, or it got less noticeable, but I was like, dang it. You don't have to have the teeth in at every shot. No, he didn't need teeth when our his back was to us. Uh, I've probably watched more bad B vampire movies than you have. Uh, assuredly. And there are a lot of movies where they're simply the entire movie trying to get around their crappy, like, got out of a Chuck E. Cheese uh, fake right, vampire teeth. Okay, so here is where I have intersp- <laughs> interspersed notes of who I think Brad Pitt looks like as we see him 
more and more in present, quote unquote, present day. Okay. I was like, we got some real Ray Liotta vibes. Huh. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Stay tuned for more. I just said that it's really convenient because I guess vampires, their hair stays the way it was when they were turned. Uh Uh-huh. And... Those sideburns must have not worked for a lot of years. But like now in like nineteen ninety four. They are back, back. baby. (laughs) He couldn't have a mustache and a mullet now. So it it it's it'd be tragic again. (laughs) It would, it would, yes. They are making a statement. And then I just then I just have Nola because we he's telling his story. So I also have music by Elliot Goldenthal. The music was great in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, st- I'm still in the credits. We're 20 minutes in and I'm still in the credits. Screenplay by Anne Rice. I, don't, I didn't even notice that she had written the screenplay. Not, not a bad ad- ad- adaptation of herself. She could have, I think, been a lot more heavy handed. No. Yeah. I, I think having read the books and then she really movied it up and, and good job on her. The makeup was lost on VHS. Oh, the detail. I did I did have a note like do all vampires have a big giant forehead vein? Like what what's the vi- what what what's what's the deal with that? I think that I remember once again, it's it's I know too much about this movie to really do this, but they would actually make the actors like hang upside down on one of those inversion tables for about 30 minutes before doing their makeup to like get their veins all popped out. Wow, so they like like got all swole, but their heads. Yes, exactly. <laughs> weird. <laughs> That's a weird technique. You know, like when you're going to give blood, and you have to put your hand down low and like squeeze on the little ball thing. <laughs> they just did that with their heads. That's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're then we meet Christian Slater. He has kind of they've met somehow. I think it's set in like eighty four, actually. But you know that. No, it's not because much later when we finally get back around, um, he says it's nineteen eighty eight. Mm. And it's later than that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, and I'm gonna jump my notes and saying he's looking very Vincent Vega. Okay, in okay. his tie, black tie <laughs> and white shirt and ponytail and sideburns. Okay, okay. Um, so I think that which came first, I don't know. Was was Quentin Tarantino watching this and going, hmm? I feel like Reservoir Dogs hmm. was earlier. No, that's but I'm talking about Pulp Fiction. But Pulp Fiction is Pulp Fiction was still probably ninety three. Was that? I, I what, when was I, this? What ninety four? Ninety four. I mean, he may have seen something, but like, it's all very connected. Okay, okay. Uh, Vincent Vega is what? Is it Vinny Vega or Victor Vega or the Reservoir Dogs character? It was supposed to be the same character, but then it ended oh, okay. up being the brother. Got it. Got it. Okay, but we're talking about John Travolta in for those of you, well, or Michael Madsen, if you will. We're talking about John Travolta. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you're talking about John I'm Travolta. I'm talking about John Travolta. What we're talking about may be not what you're talking no, about. I, I'm, that, that, my notes say, under under where you can't see, <laughs> they say John Travolta. Okay. You can't read them, but that's what they say. Exactly. Exactly. So he's telling the story to this, this reporter, this writer, who he learns just missed being killed by him, basically. Like, I saw you. I don't... They don't really. They could go into that a little bit more as to like why he invited him up, why he draw. Like it was, it was a little. Maybe I was just distracted by the teeth and the sound of his voice, and I couldn't make words happen. But I think that's just what reporters could do in 1994. Is like, hey, like this person looks interesting. I'm going to follow them and interview them, and that's just my beat. And but then he finds out like he was kind of being stalked himself, and then he's like, 
you know, well, I'm a vampire. He's like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. And then he makes it clear he's a vampire. And that's when we see his teeth and we see his vein in his head and his weird eyes and some nails. I said this at the end of the movie because uh, someone was credited specifically for the vampire nails. I would give anything for just a row of Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas, like all of them just in up. a line getting manicures. <laughs> like, other vampire guy that I wanted to be Hank Azaria that wasn't. He wasn't. I don't know what he was. He was a weird dude. I just kind of thought I just of wanted Hank Azaria to be. There. It's he was goofy like that. I was like, we're in Paris. Is this guy a mime? Like what's what's happening? <laughs> anyway, sorry, we getting ahead. So 1791. I said I don't know if I'm going to be able to deep dive any girly mags from 1791. Probably not. There, there's probably some. Some, some wood cuttings or something. Some etchings. <laughs> we started the tavern de chat noir. Mm-hmm. This makeup, yes, it stands out. I was like, but these are such pretty people. Like, it really, it's, I don't know. It's a little waste of pretty of casting all these pretty people. <laughs> so the New Orleans Red Light District actually was a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's actually several blocks away from the docks. So there's a little historical inaccuracy there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, was this Tom Cruise's best role until Magnolia? He is acting up a storm in this. He's a nut. I mean, he's, he's Tom Cruise as a vampire. I'm kind of sure that he might have really adopted some of this Lestatism and just carried it forward into being Tom Cruise. Like just being like barely caged. I don't know if I would have ever said that then is, is Tom Cruise. But I mean, think from from taps to cocktail to risky business, mm-hmm. Top Gun, like just being barely controlled madman is kind of his thing, his shtick. And it's the whim of a madman. <laughs> it really, it really is. He he is, yeah. He's unhinged. He is barely caged. I think that's a really great way to say it. And I mean, this is just plugged into being someone who is more, you know, powerful and uncaged means something or barely uncaged means something different. Mm-hmm. It's a different line, a different set of rules. And I'm not sure that he's not a vampire. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Anne Rice wanted Rutger Hauer. Oh, no. And went like on record saying that Tom Cruise was a terrible choice for this role. And then I guess took out like a two page ad in Variety afterwards. I'm like, sorry, my bad. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rutger Hauer would have been too stoic for this. Oh, yeah. This this character, I mean, to... You need to go, you need to jump up on a sofa for this character. You do. You do. And this is, this is pre-sofa jumping, I believe. Um, but yeah, this, this guy is, he's lived a long time and he's just like, fuck it. You know, I'm embracing this. And he like out... Out vampires the other vampires. I mean, he's winning. He's also, this is the only he's time. He's the we, Jerry Maguire of, of vampires. This is the only time, like, in, in you know, we've worked, we, we're not really a book podcast, but this is the only time we see him from someone else's perspective. The rest of the series is pretty much from his perspective. True. And he comes off a lot better. <laughs> he really does. He, he, he becomes a lot, much more likable, much more. Um, I don't remember. It's a real kind of Grendel Beowulf kind of situation. Uh, yeah, it really is. It, it really is. In fact, I have some notes about that at the end that I'm like, okay. Um, I almost wonder if they would rewrite Interview with a Vampire from his perspective, what we would see. 
Well, I felt like at the very end, I I, I don't want to jump ahead because I kind of want to flow, but like, yeah, anyway, we'll get there. We'll okay, get put there. a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Okay. Next note I have is the cemetery is really overgrown, so feel free if you have anything before that. Um, I just have wounds are really gross, and then we must be back at um, current day because then I have Mr. Anderson uh. <laughs> is my next note about Brad Pitt and his look. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> I'm listening. So, yes, we're, we're, we're channeling some very stoic black and white vibes. So Brad Pitt has lost his uh, wife and uh, child in childbirth mm-hmm. and is kind of seeking oblivion mm-hmm. and meets Lestat. Oblivion finds him. Right. Basically, that's what he says. And he's he's a, a landowner. He's this big giant plantation, which is actually a plantation in New Orleans. I just checked it. We can tour it. We'll see. Seems touring plantations can Ugh. seem weird. I don't know. but It's a pretty house, though. It's very lovely. Yes. And, and it, it didn't it, burn the F down. Nope, it didn't movie magic <laughs> but so yeah so we have uh lestat has bit him and bit him and bit him and is going to give him a choice a choice i never had right and that cemetery is so overgrown the catholic church would not allow that that don't they have like perpetual care like stamps in front of certain tombs and... but maybe it's probably a family cemetery okay maybe. but also too like there weren't a lot of like above ground stuff and it's new orleans most cemeteries have a lot of above ground stuff so it it definitely didn't seem but maybe by maybe by in the late 1700s they hadn't really totally figured that out yet they're like ooh we got to like ratchet this up everybody's <laughs> like we are sinking into the we're ocean we're sinking everybody's popping up that people are ending up in the ocean. People were like, oh, they were already dead. They're dead again. We, gotta bury <laughs> we them again. love New Orleans so much. So, so, so much. And my pastor, when I was a child, told me that New Orleans, because of its sin, was sinking into the ocean. I don't know if it's the sin or just erosion, but it is sort of sinking into the ocean. <laughs> it is kind of sinking, which made me immediately think of, we used to watch... Babes in Toyland a lot. Like Jackie loved it. It was it's the old old one, and it's got Laurel and Hardy in it. And they have a, a song. They're like slowly, slowly he <laughs> sank into the sea. Like it's this whole like little like yeah. It's it, it, it's it's terrible. But that's just immediately what I thought of. Sorry, total train of consciousness. No, that's fine. That, we haven't really gotten anywhere. And then so he's a vampire now. Do you have anything before that? Um, I just have like his jaw and Angelina Jolie's jaw like look really similar in Hmm. this. His jaw is angular as hell. His cheekbones are working it. And I'm pretty sure whatever they put in his mouth, those teeth is just is not hurting his jawline. No, I think it's. it's, He can't talk around it, but boy, it's it's squared up. (laughs) It is. It like I said, I I need a side by side. I'm pretty sure that we have some very similar vibes going on. Maybe that's why they're they're both like. Wunderkinds like drawn to each other. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise's teeth are cray because he's showing them off a lot. Like Louis, oh, yeah. Louis Brad Pitt like doesn't really. He's like wrapping his lips he's, around. He's his like trying, you know. But Tom it's part Cruise of the character. Like he's, you know, he even immediately he's a vampire now. And then all, then immediately he's like, this was a mistake. <laughs> this was a bad idea. <laughs> I, a tactical error. Ooh, okay, like no backsies. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and Tom Cruise is like, look at these. Look what I could do with these. Like ah. He's definitely like a character in one of the Judgment Houses or one of the, <laughs> whatever. Like, oh wait a minute! Like I didn't know what I knew then before I died. Right. If only I knew it before I died, I would have been a better person. <laughs> 
but you can't. <laughs> Throw them into the fire. Smell that hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the statue. The statue does not show up in VHS. Where the statue's eyes open and start oh, looking around. Oh, really? Oh, you can't see that in VHS. Interesting. Are you kidding me? I, I, mean, I haven't watched a VHS and... Psh, and I'm, I don't have anything. I don't. I didn't see this in VHS. See, and I've then seen also, this movie many times. So the, the things that I notice now, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't seen it in twenty years. But the things that I notice now are things that you couldn't see then. And of I, course, then the next line he says, "I was weeping at the beauty of the night." Oh come <laughs> on! <laughs> Crying because something is so beautiful. <laughs> is the theme of these 12 novels spanning some thousand pages. About as many pages as Game of Thrones, but with 17 characters and everybody just cries a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I always, I actually think, because they talked about, he talks about the vision and like, you know, you can't say, now everything is like, look at what you can see. It's more beautiful. And then like, Christian Slater's like, what's it like? He's like, I can't describe it. Like, no humans. Can. Like, well, then don't tell me. Don't tell me I can't describe it. But I, I don't think... I needed Jermaine Clement to say that in What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, it's so beautiful. Like, it's so beautiful. I'm trying to describe it to you. Like, well, can you describe it? Like, no. <laughs> Your ears cannot understand how, how indescribable it is. And so, but I think that was missed. Like, there should have been more times when we were seeing the world through their eyes. That, that, just a note. <laughs> I just said, because, you know, he's trying to figure out, you know, he doesn't want to feed on humans. He right. Feed on. We could really use what we do in the shadows puking scene in this. <laughs> trying to, like, drink regular wine. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, so so if you want a palate cleanser from how beautiful things are, <laughs> you can watch What We Do in the Shadows movie and shows, and the adaptation of Becoming a Vampire is uh, less glamorous. Right. Well, apparently I'm like at a party that they went to, and there's like an old lady that they're talking about who had her husband killed by this, you know, dandy lover that she has. And basically Lestat's like, you know, kill the evil ones. Like, you can read their thoughts. And he's like, no, I can't really. Like, oh, well, sorry, I can. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Lestat gets all the powers. Uh-huh. He's like, well, you'll, you'll get stronger. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll happen to you, too. He's like the worst clicked <laughs> member, like, leader ever. <laughs> uh- I mean, he's like, he's stifler. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's so negs. He negs hard. Um, but basically, so like, fine, okay. So we're they're w- both walking out with with the. This. Like you know what their base is like, don't you, Louie? Oh, you don't. Oh. <laughs> um. So she's she he Louis with her, and she's got poodles, and they're walking. And I was like, oh no, not in front of the dogs. <laughs> and then Louis kills the dogs because he's not going to kill the lady unless Dot's pissed, and then he kills the lady and. Basically, he's like, fine, fine, you know, drink your rats, drink your whatever. Lestat has this weird ring thing that he, like, punctures people with. Yeah, like, yeah, Hot Topic must have sold a lot of those. Oh, I bet they did. Those are, like, the full joint, the full, like, bendy joint on your finger. Uh-huh. Like, like, finger armor. And then we have, they fight after the poodle scene. Right. And then he laughs. He's like, I love it. This is why I found you. Like, you can't kill me. Like, this is fun, you know. Um, take out your rage. It's right. Find your anger. And he's just like, ah, ha, ha. he's like, life would be unbearable without me. 
uh, Lestat says to Louis. Pre-crouching tiger matrix American wire work. Could use a little help. It could, but they, they just went back from one tree to another tree. They didn't really get very ambitious. They were still kind of floaty, though. They and, were floaty. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, there's. I think it was supposed to just show like more strength, really, than like levitation skills. Okay, I, I, see I think like we're just so powerful. And then we have another voodoo drum circle. Yeah, I was like, voodoo is coming out to fight the vampires. Like that was an interesting concept because, you know, Louis is a plantation owner and he has all of these people and slaves on his plantation and. Lestat's like the set, like they're they're they keep having ceremonies, like because the chickens keep being killed, people keep dying, and they're not sure what's going on. And this is their they're like an evil spirit has showed up, and it's that blonde guy that looks like Tom, that looks like the guy from uh, Risky Business. You know? <laughs> right? They're like something's going on. Things are weird. You know, they're not eating. Things are dying. We're fighting. We're fighting evil with voodoo, which I just thought was an interesting concept. Like, that's not what you'd normally see. I think that's exactly the way voodoo works, actually. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think you see that in no. white American movies. No, you don't. But- you don't. But I, I thought it was like, you know, it, it's going to religion. It's going to, you know, power and prayer and um, in, in a different way. And I, I appreciated it. I thought it was cool. I could go for a good pitchfork and torch riot right now. <laughs> um, I also I got, have. I got to miss all the demonstrations a couple of years ago. So I was at work. I'm a healthcare provider. We didn't get to do anything fun. I don't know. Let's, let's not. Sorry. I, I just have uh, Tom Cruise riding through the voodoo fire. Not cool. Oh, yeah. Seriously, dude. Not cool. You could have gone around. He, he, like jumping a horse over a fire. That's. That's rude to everybody. That's like going to the mall with your long trench coat and your long flowing locks and using both doors instead of just using one door. You used to do that all the time. I know. And I was a dick for doing (laughs) it. It's not cool. Oh, man. Right. So Brad Pitt's this whole time been kind of like holding off or trying to hold off because he's got got a a servant, a slave inside the house. It's, It's Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton does not go by Tandy Newton anymore. Um, yes, thank you. Um, and he's like, she's like, I'm I'm worried about you. You know, I don't know if they've had a relationship. It seems like maybe they have. Um, and he's trying. He doesn't want to attack her. He doesn't want to. And, you know, he's he's losing and she's showing affection. And he does. And he kills her. And, you know, he, he opens up the doors. The the. the the hand, the the slaves are getting ready to riot. They've got pit, uh, they've got fire and and everything. And he's like, "You're right. There's evil. The house is cursed. I'm cursed. I'm the devil." And the hands are off, and then he starts to burn his whole house down. And you're all free men now. Yeah, that's a big he, thing in in New Orleans. That was a very. It's true. He does. He he sets them free. Yes. So he's trying, like, you know, he's he's trying to do right things in certain ways. I don't know, but then Lestat is. Pissed. Yeah, Tom Cruise is like, like, this is a cool house. <laughs> like, he, the, like, the main reason I killed you was for your awesome house. Basically, because he says this a couple of times, he's like, all of our things are beautiful. Like, he's definitely like, hey, 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 like, I'm a part of this now. Like, this is our stuff. And he's like, look what you did. Like, what are we supposed to do now? Like, <laughs> like what am I supposed to do with you? Like, we're supposed to go be poor? I mean- <laughs> like, ugh, can't be poor. Look at this lace. 
So the next thing I have, they're at a tavern party brothel. I don't know where they are. Right. But there's a bunch of ladies that he's sort of eating. Right. And I said, boob vasculature. Well, I also have like, this is an interesting time. I mean, in terms of fashion, I think this was, would still be considered Napoleonic, I okay. think. Um, so you have a lot of empire waists and, and like the Josephine style. But also, you know, women are... It's real weird. I mean, I know we're talking about ladies of a certain whatever, but all the ladies, you know, it's very like very long. You have your sleet, your gloves and everything's covered, but like like tits to your to your chin. I mean, it's such a weird dichotomy, I guess. I just, are there enough veins in a breast to drain somebody? I don't know if that's I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a healthcare provider. I feel like I should know that. And I don't feel like there are. I don't I don't know. I, I I feel like I love breasts. Maybe I've just spent a little more time admiring the outsides of them. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Okay, okay. This yeah, I best. don't feel like there's enough vasculature in there to really drain a human being. This is when I wrote, you'll never grow old, you'll never die, but you must feed. That's, that's... It's Keeper Sutherland. Oh, from Lost Boys? Yes. <laughs> Got it. I just have, what a time. It could be so like, rich and dandy but also be killing all these things and you stink but everybody stinks so like <laughs> it doesn't matter like you smell like a corpse but so like everybody's so everybody else. everybody's so dirty like it's just i mean can you imagine all those like wearing all those layers in new orleans like and being ever clean no never everybody time when kings bathed once a month right that that was considered better that that makes me just Everything is terrible about the past. <laughs> you know how I'm, I'm, I'm sort of nostalgic for certain 70s and 80s things? It's probably just a bad idea. I, I'm probably not. What was I listening to another podcast? And they were talking about how, like, pre-D.B. Cooper hijackings were just a thing. They were usually Cuban nationals. You just sort of... They just wanted to go to Cuba, they yeah. They just wanted to get to Cuba. So they'd hijack, get to Cuba. They'd, like, bring everybody a box of cigars and a bottle of rum and, like, fly <laughs> back. You were, you were home in, like, six hours. <laughs> what in the hell? Wild. The other thing I have is welcome Oscar nominee Kirsten Dunst to the podcast. Yes. We've got Kirsten Dunst. Um, she's adorable. And don't go that way, Missa. Playing that way. (laughs) Right. Um, So Louis being, you know, he's destructive. He's burned the house down, Um, burning down the house. He's trying. He doesn't know what to do, but I think he kind of thinks, oh, well, I could kill people that are getting ready to die from the plague. Right. That won't hurt me. And they're already dying anyway. Like, I think that's what he thinks. And kind of still pushing through. But then he finds this little girl. A five-year-old healthy girl. Like, oh, let's eat her instead. Well, the other person's dead. And we know that's, we, 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 we soon learn that's against the rules. She's like very dead. Very dead. <laughs> yeah. like Lestat's dancing with her later, which is a great scene. It's crazy. Um, but yes, also, she's like very, she's like Norman Bates' mother dead. Yes. Like, it is... <laughs> Been a long time, and this little girl has seen some things. You know, she immediately like, you know, just hugs, hugs uh, Louis. Was looking for comfort. My daddy's gone. All this, and then he just can't help it, and he bites her. And then I just said, "Spoiler alert for Twilight." Well, that's what I wrote. I was like, "Isn't 
this is what Twilight's all about. Like, is like, don't do this. Um, exactly. Which, exactly. Yes. I, I have read all the Twilight books. I've yes, not read any happened. of them, but I still know that this is what this is about. I've seen two of the movies, maybe. But the big, like, last, like, two vampire armies converging because they've made a vampire child. And they're like, oh, actually, no, like, it just never really happened before. She's like, a vampire gave birth and it's all cool. Like, Oh, cool. Bye. Deuces. That's <laughs> like, the end of oh, the story. really? Wow. We should have thrown you a shower. Sorry. <laughs> like, where are you registered? <laughs> There's not many places to do registry now. It's pretty much just Target and Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Right. Like, well, I guess that'll work. We'll find something. Maybe, maybe Amazon wish list. Maybe. Yeah. It's like, can't, can't leave Target Let's without. Just, just, just give diapers. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what everybody needs. You know, you could never have too many. Um, but yeah, so... Louis thinks he kills her and Lestat, you know, revives her and makes her a vampire. And he's Did you like, notice the heartbeat in the soundtrack? I didn't know. Both times we see somebody being made a vampire. We have that do 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 like starts pumping up in the soundtrack. Like second movie in a row. The heartbeat was huge oh, in Angel Heart. It was, it was. And her quote unquote body dying. There's some real exorcist stuff going on there. Yes, very much so. And then she's immediately like a child again because she's like, I want more. I want more. I want more. More, more. Like, I want more. <laughs> and I'm like, this was a bad idea. They were like immediately. But also to you, immediately what I thought was, uh, Lestat just made a baby so Louis wouldn't leave. I was just saying, like, I made her for us because you were about to leave. Like, He's like full on Mickey Rourke, John Gray in this crap. Well, he's like full on like, you know, trapping that man. Like <laughs> we all know that a, a baby is not like usually the way to, to solve a failing uh, relationship. So <laughs> and I was like, tale as old as time, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I do have a friend from high school that had a big like. Her MySpace account, like, single again, and then three days later was, like, pregnancy announcement, and then, like, married to What's-His-Nuts popped back up, and, <laughs> and I think their two daughters are, like, 10 and 14 now, so I think they've, they've done well, but... Well, I would imagine, just sneaky suspicion... That their relationship was at least built on some more stronger, better things than this one was. I, I guess so. I guess Usually so, not yes. just death and mocking and, you know, huge amount of just rude negging. I mean, <laughs> Tom Cruise is such a jerk. Such a bitch. Um, then when she kills the dressmaker. There's so... That that whole part, like, he's like, again. <laughs> he's like slapping her hand. Like, no. <laughs> no, bad. Eye contact hand. <laughs> It's so funny because she's just like a little kid, like like she drew on the wall again or spilled something again. It's like, will you stop killing people? <laughs> the piano teacher. The like, piano the teacher, the, the doll maker, like a bunch of people. So yeah, it has this has some like interesting levity. I mean, you gotta, it's dark, but it's funny. <laughs> it's really, they really just are a crazy family. Like she's, she's becoming a teenager, the way she's acting and just, you know, acting out and, but also I feel bad for her. I feel sad for her. I always, I do remember 
feeling bad for her kind of like ever ever being like trapped as a child yeah i have some questions about about that for you on another page okay. i think but I, I think lestat says more melancholic nonsense like <laughs> didn't kirsten dunn star in, star in melancholia like 20 years later maybe yeah i mean he's just like uh everybody's whining why well, it's fun 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 he's like what He's definitely a seven. I think Lestat is the seven. I think so, yes, yes. Yeah, if we want to, like, type everybody. Oh, I mean, Louis is a four on a four on a four with a four wing. Right. And, and a little bit of a four influence on his four wing. <laughs> I'm going to go home, write the song, Alone in My Principles. But that's, I think we have, they're like, there's, it's all Yankees now. There's no Creoles. Like, oh, that lady, she's Creole. Mm-hmm. Taking a bath. And Is there some feminist body horror happening here? I mean, talk, talk to me about that. That's I'm not a lady, but I can... It feels like what she's going through is kind of horrific. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I, I wouldn't have really fully gotten it at the time, but there's so many things. You think about, you know, the milestones of as as a a little girl i mean and i'm sure like a little girl in the 1700s in new orleans doesn't have really high hopes but you know you still think you're gonna like grow up and have a family and like you know fall in love you're gonna be 13 and, and your parents are gonna sell you off to some guy and you're gonna have like 17 babies and, well, and maybe, die in childbirth but like, like all the things a woman could could look up can look forward to right but her in her mind is maybe growing he'll only beat me with small things but I don't know, but there's there's some you know there's there's some aspect of that, and she you know her mind is growing. Her mind is at this point thirty, I think that's what they say about thirty years, and so she knows things. She knows how life works. You know, she's even quickly probably before that because she was she's brutal, um, yeah, and she's like trapped. Yeah, she's like our age in a five year old body. Right, it, she's horrifying. she's trapped, and yeah, like she's seeing, she's probably having f- feelings, like knowing, like a woman, like but she's she doesn't gone through puberty, so she doesn't have like, I I don't know what like the the chemical stuff that's going. On. <laughs> I don't know what vampire stuff happens, but um, yeah, there's a lot. Like she wants to fall in love. She like wants to be probably beautiful. She wants to be admired and desired. She sees other people do that. And, you know, even if you don't totally know it or understand it, you mimic it. I think, you know, as a little kid or as like a young teenager, it's like you're, you fake it till you make it in a way. It's like, I, I know this is what's supposed to happen. And you kind of start, you know, leaning into that. So, yeah, I mean, I think she 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 probably she does take that woman and kill that woman we find out later and it's that's she's she's kept this doll yes that she you know it's it's her favorite doll that she's kept basically because she says you know he's like oh do you want her she's like i want to be her and and it's a gorgeous woman and yeah i mean i think she she kills her it's like almost like Dahmer in a way like Dahmer would kill people because he wanted companions. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to be with him and stay with him. There's probably some aspect to that. She didn't really have parents. Um, Tom he, Cruise goes full on Tom Cruise when he finds out. Oh yeah, and like, then she goes more Tom Cruise than Tom Cruise. Oh damn! Oh damn! I, I mean, I have a definitely like uh, hold my beer moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot happening there that we 
touch on, but just kind of skim over that, yet she wants to possess something she can't have. Um, She probably killed her because she can't. Like she's jealous and knows that she'll never be able to be in that place and be a woman, really. Even though she she thinks and feels like a woman. I mean, I don't know to play act as her. It's uh, it. It's deep. It's deep. It's very deep. It's it's yeah. And and she's covered her up with her dolls. Mm -hmm. And to ask ask a child actress to do like that's. She earned it. She earned her Oscar nomination. She really, really did. I mean, and this, you know, she's she's acting out. But she's 30. She's not acting out. Right. She's legitimately angry. Um, and I think that's probably also a thing, too, of, like, always being treated like a little girl. Like, women have legitimate – you're allowed to be angry about something, and it doesn't mean you're being emotional. Like, you know, you don't know how to articulate what you're talking about. Like, no, she's got a point. Like, you just keep bringing me dolls. Like, I'm fucking 30 years old. I don't need any more dolls. And then we turn around, and she's got this pile of dolls. Oh, she has this problem with the social situation that happens to women in, in history. So must be that time of the month. So. What? That doesn't happen to her? I know. I know. Exactly. So you can't even blame it on that. But, you know – so she starts tearing up all these dolls and that the dead woman is under these dolls and they didn't even know. Um, and they definitely, it's like not in the house, like the <laughs> ultimate, not in the house. Like, I can't believe you've kept this in the house. This is not how we, this is not how we do things under this roof. Um, yeah. So I think this is the next, the next scene is the first time we see Louis crying. We've, we, he said that he's wept, but I think this is the first time he's, and like, so we just went from a feminist, you know, body horror to like a man who can cry but can't ejaculate. Hmm. Like, is this is this a feminist fantasy come true? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think you haven't read Tales from a Body, uh, the Tale of the Body Thief. But no. I don't think vampires are capable of any sort of sexual activity. I think we would see them having sex in this movie if they could. Yeah, so because it's just like it would, the it's, ultimate women's fantasy. Because <laughs> it's would all be about the debauchery, right. you know, the 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 bloodlust and and everything going into that. Yeah, Anne Rice says she writes organ every time when she describes a penis. And yeah, I that's love not that. no. Except if you read her Sleeping Beauties chronicles, it she says sex, like his sex, her sex, and like he put his sex into my sex, and ew. It's just, <laughs> Ew, no. Uh, no. I, I would almost rather have some, some synonyms going nah, on. Nah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Taming of Sleeping Beauty. We'll have to read that for our going deeper. I'm not. <laughs> Your cliff notes just sealed that deal for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. For sure not. And so she's like, we need to get away. Like she, Louis just kind of along for the ride and with both of them. Um, she's becoming more powerful. She's becoming more, she's like, we're not going to do this. Like she's just, she's really riled herself up and she's uh, like, no, we're going to take care of this. I'll, I'll show, I, I'll tell you. He's like, he'll never let us go. And she's like, and that's what I wrote. Oh, hold my beer. She's like, I'll, oh yes, he will. And so she hatches a plot. Lassat's playing the piano, which he's taught her painstakingly. I mean, th- th- that's one thing. You know, as we hear Louis's narration, he's talking about her being more like his daughter, like his child, and loving her and, and wanting to nurture her, and Lestat seeing her as a pupil, like as a, as a prize, as a as a doll, as a living doll that he 
You know, he wants to to show her off and and he's I think he sees the opportunity from day one from her kind of having that more mentality that she's going to be more fun mm-hmm. and going to be more of what she of what he really wanted than than Louis is. And so he comes up and, you know, they're fighting and he, she's like, I've got you a gift. I'm trying to make you know, make it up to you. He says, what is it? A beautiful woman with endowments that you'll never have. And I'm like, damn. That's, that's like the worst Mr. E thing he could ever say to like, her. burn. Like, that's what the whole problem was. That you're going to start this fight all over again if she said she just got you a gift? Like, It would have been more cold if he had just been like, oh, like, that was really thoughtful of you. Because, you know, like, like what she did, it almost seems... Like, she was right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because what she does is she's brought him, I guess, two little boys. And she's like, oh, you know, I've I've drugged them for you, basically. And she's poisoned to them, like, gives her dead poison blood. I don't remember dead blood being a thing in the books. But poison blood, I think, is a problem. Well, I didn't even thought that she poisoned them. I thought she just gave them a little bit of brandy, she said, to knock them out. But that she had. She said it was laudanum. Oh, she gave them laudanum. I missed yeah. that. Okay. Um, but he had told her, like, right, with, he's like, don't drink to, you got to leave the heart beating. Like, they got to die on their own. Like, you can't kill people truly for whatever reason. Because I guess you're, like, sucking the death or the something. The death will follow you or you'll follow the death. Something or, like that. Um, so Devil that's what. follow cats. Cat follow warts. I don't know. Some Tom <laughs> Sawyer stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's what happens. She's like poisoned him with the with with the dead blood then she slashes him and he bleeds a lot Ooh, boy that was gross yeah he bleeds a lot a lot a lot and i think this is one of those scenes where was like this is, i thought this was a girl movie <laughs> oh but damn we see her little satin pink shoes and she like step step back away from that pool of blood coming i was like "Ooh, that's cold too she's like none of my shoes um and yeah so then they bury him in the swamp. They put him in the swamp. I did see, like, so we see uh, alligators come, and then we see some blood. And I was like, mm, I know what's happening yeah, here. like the alligator did not get Lestat. No, no, no. There's no blood left by the time we got Lestat being dumped in. Um, but I have Brad Pitt being like, it's like, oh, damn, she's worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what have I done? Like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Oh, she cray. Uh, she roll cray. So they're getting ready to go. They're going to go to a different world, and they've packed up, and they're they're getting ready to leave and catch the boat, and someone rings the doorbell, and then there's nobody there, and then it is swampy Lestat attacks him, and then he's inside, and he's playing the piano, and he's like real gross. Uh, kind of behind the curtains, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good well effect. Shot. It's really it is. well shot. It is. It is well shot. It's like, you know, he he got the the blood from the alligator to stain him. Then he's like snakes and all the things. And See, here I am going kind of the mythology thing. Like, so, like, amphibian reptile blood counts? I got, like, like, rat blood. We've established rat blood counts, but I feel like amphibian and reptile. I don't know if maybe that's... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't even really think about it. I was that's, just a, like, that's another genus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but... I am a, a state champion, fun with phyla at the Science Expo Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> 
did they cause the New Orleans fire? Is that what they're positing in that's, this? That's why I was like, when was the fire? Like, I. Well, all the architecture. Sorry if I'm nerding out again from our food tour. All the architecture would have been Spanish. I mean, would have been uh, French before the fire. Right. Because all the Spanish architecture we have now is post-fire. Right. So I'm not sure, but maybe that's what they're positing. I'm not sure exactly what the year is, but that's, uh, that is what I have written down. So yeah, basically they, uh, they catch, he gets caught on fire and he burns the whole damn place down. They run and catch the boat. I don't know why did they were missing the boat. The boat, I don't know what happened there. They were supposed to catch the boat. I don't know. Can't they just walk to France and just eat fish? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what all the rules are there, but... I mean, you can't... The sun doesn't reach to the bottom of the ocean. No. They got time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do they need oxygen? I have no idea. I, I don't know either. Can they have crab blood? I don't know what the... <laughs> I mean, if, we, if, we're, if we're allowed to have frog blood, does crab blood count? I don't know. I love that he says, the ship was blessedly free of rats. <laughs> A strange plague. Um, like, yeah, but there was a little bit of a strange plague. Um, so they make it to, they just kind of do a European tour, hit all the places. He's kind of lamenting that, you know, he was hoping the Mediterranean Sea would be blue, but of course it was black because they could only see it at night. And it's her painting, and she's painting all the wonders Egypt, of the world. They go to Eastern Europe, looking looking for more of their kind. Mm-hmm. Like, but everything she's painting is in, you know, in darkness. So there's no no Dracula in Transylvania. Nope. That's that's what yeah, Christian Slater wants to know. He's like, Nope. The vulgar fictions of a demented Irishman. One of my favorite <laughs> lines. <laughs> so like yeah. They're then they're in Paris. The hotel has message boxes. Well, right. And then you get eaten by vampires. <laughs> they go together. Time like the timing is is as such. Um so hey, if you check into a hotel that has a message box, you're probably about to be get eaten by a vampire or murdered by a serial killer or die smoking in bed. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe that. All those things. <laughs> they are all equally probable. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we're in Paris. They're, you know, living it up in Paris, dancing and fancy, fancy outfits. Everybody had to think that was weird. Like, they're dancing, you know, she's still a little girl. She's dressed very sophisticated. She's got, you know, her hair pulled like, up. No one and, else is, like, bring their daughter to the courtin. No, it's not da- da- Daddy-Daughter Dance Day. Um, so, yeah, nobody's, like, giving them any looks, but, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, so he's out one night, and he's like, finally, or basically finally, a vampire finds me. And I was like, what? is this like he's like a mime like doing this weird mirroring thing like is, is it mirror quite did it better i was like is, is this what vampires do like <laughs> is this how we like know you're a vampire i'm gonna anticipate your moves and and yeah i was like that's weird i don't like i don't like anything that's happening right here um so, i, I would have been more comfortable if he just tried to attack him gotcha so like dances on the ceiling and then armand shows up and I just, how many times have I seen this movie? How many, I wanted Antonio to start singing. <laughs> Always. I just, you know, this is the man. <laughs> the first one that Ava could use. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we search the world, 
find more vampires. What do we find? Luscious locks. Everybody's got hair for days. So yes, we have the character in the film or in the mo- or in the book described as a 15-year-old with golden curly hair with the face of a Botticelli angel, played by a Spaniard, Antonio Banderas, with long black hair. His name is Armand. It makes more sense. Okay, but fine. He's got some Louis Cipher nails. He does. He's got Louis Cipher hair. I don't think he has a cane, but no. Well, we never see him properly dressed. True. true. Really. So I bet he does. So then they, so they're part of a troop of vampires that entertain the masses. It's very French. Lots of pantomime and and, and whatever. And Guignol, I believe, is the mm-hmm. kind of the play of, of the horror plays of the time. Right, right, right. So they go and he says, vampires playing humans pretending to be vampires and she says how avant-garde <laughs> i don't remember the show being that horrific i guess maybe i'm just this is the part that i wrote, like am i 40 or did the books go south well i mean that's where you're, you're reading something and you can describe it to a certain degree but a lot was was said with faces and emotions and that's where i mean even we've got Louis, you know, they're vampires, and but we and we know how he feels about things and he thinks they're monsters mm-hmm. by tormenting this woman because they've been goofy the whole time. Like goofy goofy ha 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 like slash with fake and fake blood and this and that. And then we basically have a sacrifice on stage and the the people don't know what to think. They're like <laughs> they're like kind of into it and then they're like filing out at the end. They're like, like what did we just out. what did we just see like like, I, I don't feel good about that, but I don't know why. Like, it should be fine. And, like, but no, nobody make any eye contact. Uh, but, yeah, but she's, like, degraded, too. At the same, like, you know, she's stripped bare and and then, you know, thinks that she's going to be saved and then she's killed. And then just swarmed by the vampires and then the curtain drops. It doesn't seem hardly enough blood for, uh, like, 17 vampires. No. No, not at all. Then I have Armand in his little chair and that candle. The candle flame is so tall. And he's oh. like playing with it. <laughs> I don't know how you get a flame that tall. I mean, you were, you're probably working to not have a flame that tall because it's just, especially with that hair. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such a... Like that thing is going up. That hair has some product that was not available in 1900s Paris. No, There, There is some not. Aquaban. There is... Yeah, there there is some stuff that like from Poison's trailer in 1987. <laughs> like Poison is going off tours. We have all this extra product. Let's make an interview with a vampire. I mean, Louis' hair has definitely gotten bigger and bolder as well. Like it's 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 growing. There's volumizer. There is texturizing shampoo. Yeah. There is some root lifter. Yeah. I know all these words. <laughs> <laughs> There's there is hair technology happening. There's maybe a bump it in there. I don't know. <laughs> but we have Armand saying he's 400 years old. He's the oldest vampire that he knows is in existence, and there's no answers. And like, Until the sequel. Then we find out every single thing. Oh, because she was like, oh, people want answers? Like, after I did it, like, oh, oh, okay, we can come up with some answers. We can come up with all kinds of mythology. Yeah. Um, but I think... I mean, I don't know what the point of that was because I, I, I kind of that's what I 
wrote a little further down. So we, we get some vengeance happening a little later. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not really sure what the point of all this is. I don't know. I mean, I there was probably a seven-year gap in between Interview with the Vampire and the Vampire Lestat for me. Maybe six-year gap or so. And so I kind of went in with that. Like, there are no answers. And then like, oh, like I read five books in a year. And like, oh, like all the answers (laughs) like every like really more answers than i really wanted (laughs) we're gonna be really honest about things and he uh refers to louis as a vampire with a human soul and it's like oh great now we're in buffy territory (laughs) right but yeah basically he's like well there's no answers then you're telling me like there's no there there's nothing like what's then what's the point and i think that that's that's what gets him not, you know, that he f- does need to feed, that he does need, obviously, like, well, what's the fucking point? Like, if there's no purpose for this, there's no bigger picture, there's no whys, there's no, like, you don't know why, and nobody knows why, um, you know, and they're, they're alluding to Lestat, but they're not talking about Lestat because they're quickly finding out that they committed a major no-no. <laughs> And so Claudia realizes that he's going to leave. Claudia knows that he and Armand are going to kind of go off and try to find meaning. And so she wants the dressmaker who lost a daughter. And Lestat has made her, and she's never going to be powerful enough to make another. So she makes Louis break his one final vow. I also have, like, how long is she... How long has she known this lady? Like, this lady is, like, all on board and all on board for even, like, she takes off her necklace and she's got, like, these, like, shallow bites and it's, like, oh, like, we've been trying, but it's not working. Like, we've been waiting for you. Like, how long were you going to take? Really need to get this going. But, yeah, it felt like someone, you just find someone who's willing. I mean, he was desperate. She found a Guillermo. Exactly, but, like... (laughs) But you know, it's fine. I mean, especially in a world like, do people even know vampires exist? Like, there's only a handful of them. Um, She's taking advantage of this lady who's lost a child. And like, hey, by the way, I'm an immortal child. I'll never die. Like, you can come hang out with me forever and ever, 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 ever. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, But I, I definitely just had this, though, like. So he does that. Yeah, I, I definitely, she's not in this enough to really get to know, but I question her motives. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, I'm like, I question all of it. Like, how did this happen so quickly? Yeah, like, what what, what did, what were you told this was going to happen? Like, um, but she's, yeah, she's totally on board, like, super quick. And he's like, wait, what? It's like, are you, he's like, get out of here. <laughs> but he does it. And he pretty much, that's it. That's like the nail in the coffin, literally, for well, him. Did you, she comes out and she's talking to him. And she full-on effing kisses him. That is a weird scene. It lasts for a frame before a thousand French vampires come, come in and, and grab and, them. And grab them, yeah. But, I mean, they're... That's they're, gotta be tough as a young actress. It's weird, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I've ever heard her talk about that. Um, it's a weird relationship, you know? Like, I mean, as a character, it's, it's no problem. But as an actress doing it, that is... Well, no, but even as this character, it's kind of a problem. Like, it's, it's, it's a... She's like 50 by now. I mean... I mean, she is, but she's not. And, you know, how he feels about her, he he doesn't see her as a woman, really. So, I mean, he recognizes her strength and kind of her boldness, but he doesn't 
think of her that way. I'm sure there's a lot of dads that don't look at their 40-something-year-old daughters as grown-up, badass, powerful ladies, and that's their problem. <laughs> I think it's probably better that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they get... As sexual beings who take delight in their... What, sorry. Yeah, like, I, I'm making faces. Everyone's, everyone listening to this is making faces. Like, no, uh, no, 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 no. Um, uh, it's a true crime Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the vampires come and grab them, and and I I just have for for new you know gorgeous dress. First of all, she's wearing a gorgeous green yes, dress. Yes. I was like, man, that's gotta suck. You just thought you were like signing up for something where you're gonna get an eternal daughter. You go, you get bit. You, your body dies. You go through this like crazy shit. Not fun. You're a vampire for like a hot fucking second, and then you get torn away, and you're gonna you're gonna die again. Like that, that's the worst. Like what? I thought I couldn't die. Like, right. What are you telling me? Like she's white. You're not supposed to get executed like thirty seconds after for something you didn't do. I mean, sorry. I'm like they did have the guys like. Creepy guy was like, oh, you know, the, the one thing you're not allowed to do is kill another one of us. Wink, 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 wink. We know what you did last summer. Wink, wink, right. wink, 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 wink. If you're still here in Paris, wink, 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 wink. Like, you know, I hear London's really nice this time of year. <laughs> right. Like, why are we still here? Actually, London's London's never nice. We love you, London, but it's never nice. Probably so. But yeah, so they all get... um. Like real, real, real 1800 style, Louis gets put in a coffin and walled up. Um, and Armand's kind of like hanging back. Like he's like letting his minions do their thing. And the ladies get put in a well, which I guess that hap- that happens in Well We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Like it's just exactly the same. Uh-huh. And I didn't know they were making that reference. And then like Colin Robinson comes and saves him with an, <laughs> with an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i mean they they burn in they burn in the sun the sun comes up and they're very like armand comes and saves louis um which nobody stops him from like it, it's kind of a weird thing like it's like we knew that was gonna happen the last 20 minutes of this are kind of a mess kind of yes we we, we end on a high note but yeah this this 20 minutes or so is kind of a mess it's crazy um but so then he goes and he's like, I can't save them. And they're like basically like Pompeii, like Ash, like still in their same, like the, in, in the end, the the woman is cradling her and trying to protect her. And that's something she never had. She never had anybody protect her. So that's, it's probably, you know, a last loving dying moment. So I guess that's a good thing, but. Next note I have is Rampage. Yes. He just <laughs> full on like. Did you ever watch Archer for the Rampage or was that a part you weren't watching? I feel like I've watched all of Archer. When, like his, when he had breast cancer and his friend who had breast cancer as well. And she died because she was the Irish mafia was giving her like fake chemotherapy. And so he starts going on a rampage. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's very specific. Okay, we. we I, I don't think you were watching for that part of it. I think you started 
we, we started early and then you deuced out for a little bit of it and then you came back later. We might have to go back. Yeah, he when Archer goes on a rampage, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for someone who is like real pacifist as much as possible, Louis, like he's like, it's on. You know, he's like it's- dumping barrels and it's like, I could probably go for some cognac when we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lover. Yeah, so he's like Dumping getting ready bro. to burn down the house again. He he does like burning down houses. He he is really good at setting stuff on he fire. Really we, we might is. have to watch him. <laughs> if you see Brad Pitt and he's got matches and he's kind of like giggling weird, like maybe just don't turn your back on him. No, he's he says pretty stoic through all of this, but yeah, he dumps it all, sets all the coffins on fire, and there's with like the weirdest, craziest looking scythe I've ever seen to just start chopping people up as they try and as they jump out of their coffins. I want to know. I'm going to have to look up because you were talking about Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I want to know when when was From Dusk Till Dawn? Mm. Because there are like vampires like exploding out of coffins on, you know, probably pneumatic cannons. And there's definitely some Army of Darkness From Dusk Till Dawn aspect in, Absolutely, in this yeah. Scene. It's it's got a lot of exploding out of coffins, shooting out into the air, lighting on fire, getting sliced. Yeah, up. everybody's on fire, getting sliced, and yeah, he's like deuces, y'all. And I really could have used a good like Los Lobos, down, 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 <laughs> like a little riff you know, as he's as he's turning away and walking. Little away. chink, chink. <laughs> So then he faces off. I call him the mime. He's a mime. He's, it's, it's in France. Like, he's a mime. I feel like he has a name. I don't know. He I he probably does. I think our uh, Antonio Banderas probably says it. But he's like, you know, I, I, I know what you're thinking. I see you. I know what you're doing. I'm going to outsmart you. And it's like, come at each other. Face off. Like, he goes, goes for him. He jumps around behind him. And then he just cuts that motherfucker in half. I was like, ugh. So scythe kill one-liners. Okay. Go. Oh. I've oh. been thinking about it. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I said, harvest time, bitch. <laughs> Reaping it, y'all. I, I mean, said, you reap what you sow, asshole. <laughs> Don't fear the reaper. Actually, do. Never going to sew this back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For going deeper, I want each of us to come up with a couple of scythe kill one-liners. <laughs> Anybody out there, I want you to email or, or that we, we need to post that on Instagram. I need scythe kill one-liners. Okay. Okay. That's, I don't, you, you don't know the password and you won't, and, and you can't be buggered to figure it out to give it to me. So you have to post it. All right. Noted. All right. So this is where I kind of have a little bit of a thing. Like, so he, he, he's dead because, or he's dead inside finally, um, because of there's no answers, there's no whatever, um, that, you know, Kirsten Dunst like made him finally like just kill his last humanity in terms of making another vampire because he doesn't want there he he goes back and forth like he wants there to be more people because he wants answers and then he finds out there's no answers so like then there shouldn't be more of us like we're we're not good we shouldn't be here um and then I think that Kirsten Dunst and Lestat who were like just brutal they they die brutally and languish brutally. 
but he's he goes like full on hardcore and he's like you know crack his neck crack his neck like good to go and like thriving for the rest of centuries on centuries so like what's the point here what are we what are we trying to prove I think that's the whole point. I mean, you know, he, he does see Lestat one more time. He's on Britannia Street next to the Lafayette Cemetery. We'll, we'll be a block away from there in our Airbnb in a couple of weeks, which is like two blocks away from Anne Rice's house where she wrote all these novels. So I'm, I'm curious to see if we can actually maybe find that property. Okay. But he sees Lestat one more time, and Lestat is cowering in the corner when a, a searchlight on a helicopter goes by. That's... I, that scene is terrifying. It you really this, is I mean, because he's been this for a hundred years now. Yeah, that's like you know that we last saw him and he has not recovered for so many years. Right, because he can't. He's not strong enough to go out. He's not strong enough to really hunt. He's not, and but he like sm- like he says he smells him. Like I, he's like I smell a death, like an old death, and he. He seeks him out and he finds him. He finds a trail of rats. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. As, as Lestat had said to Louis, all I have to do to find you is to find the trail of rats. Yes, I, I noticed that. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, he's been just floating around, I guess, empty, abandoned buildings in New Orleans for 100 years. Yeah, we, we don't really... He's in shadow, but he's you can tell he's still not anywhere near his, his formal. And he's like, you know, look at you. He's like, you're still beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's in the like, most... The most Miami Vice styles, <laughs> like double-breasted suit. Uh, coming out of Tequila Sunrise. Right. I, I, he's going to see Tequila Sunrise just to see if there's a sunrise in it. That Oh, the, the shot of the Superman mm-hmm. was was really awesome. Really awesome in the movie theater. Yeah, and it's basically it's like the movies again. let him start to see yeah sunrise again in black and white and then in color and then really vibrant again. So, you know, he's getting what he needs, but he's living, I guess, been living a very solitary life since leaving Paris because he leaves Armand too because he's like, if you're just going to teach me how to not care about it, I don't need you to teach me that. Like, you kind of already did. Yeah, but it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, those stats. Like, you've come back to me and then he just leaves. Yeah, um, he's like, no, not really. He's like, I thought that was you, but then I see you and I'm like, ooh, I still think this is still a bad idea. What are the last lines like? And so I wander empty, mm-hmm. and that that's that's the end. And Daniel is not okay with that. Yeah, he's like, what, what, what? wait, what? <laughs> and then he real Guillermo's it up, right. and he's like, but what are you, all the things you've seen, all the all the things you've experienced? He's like, it's not nothing. I want it. I want to be powerful. I want whatever. And he's like, really? Okay, cool. You want this? And he like goes all full vampire on him. And he's like, nope, actually, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. And so, he, yeah, he runs out. He's grabbed all this stuff. He runs in his car. He's got a real cool. That car is rad. Yeah, Mustang. Um, I think it's a Mustang. Is it? I have. I, I don't know cars enough to know, but I'm I, I'm going to look it up and see. Okay, it's it's. I, I want to drive that car across the San Francisco. Bay yeah, it's Ridge. very like convertible, vintage, red. Um, and so, yeah, he's running and he's like, oh, my gosh. OK, made it. Pops the tape into the tape player and yes. the tape still works. And it's like this is the greatest interview I've ever done. Like this is my I, I've hit it big mm-hmm. cash rolling in. I assume I need no introduction. 
Well, before that, he's like, he kind of leans back and then you think it's Louis. Like, Louis, like, had it or whatever and he attacks him and he gets attacked. Like, no, it's Lestat. Like, where the fuck did he come from? And he's, like, looking pretty damn good. And, you know, he's almost crashed in the car and then he, like, gets up and he, like, he's he's driving in. The way he puts his fingers on the wheel, like, like the very last knuckle uh, on the wheel, like one at a time. And like, he pulls, pulls out, his, lace out, out of his, his sleeves. sleeves. I was like, how old is that? How gross is it? How much does that smell? That's like exactly what I thought first. Like, oh, Louie, still whining. And I throws the tape away. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to give you a choice. And then it starts playing. Pleased to meet you. And I was like, it's almost like he's looking and talk. He looks basically and talks to the camera he like breaks the fourth wall he does, almost he does yeah and like and basically to me it was like okay like now you're gonna get my side of the story <laughs> which kind of we do in the book series. right it's like you think you know but you don't even know i mean you recognize the song right yes when i said that uh when we we're meeting louis cypher last time he said pleased to meet you i hope you guess my name it's mm-hmm. well it's guns and roses in 1994 doing sympathy for the, for the devil by uh, the rolling stones right 94 guns and roses things get a little yeah uh, yeah but so yeah so we got let's stop back and he's in full force so like you know i'm like well does louis know he's in san francisco like i don't think he does so he's been following him and tracking him like i wouldn't i mean anyway but yeah it's but he's back, baby. He is back. And back, but start his career as an international rock star. Come out, come out wherever you are. <laughs> so that's where we end. Yeah. I mean, the end, I was like, this almost feels like the end of Risky Business. <laughs> We're not going to do the vamp or uh, Queen of the Damned on this show. No. I'm, I'm going to make Jenny watch it. At some point, I'm pretty in the sure next... I'm almost a hundred percent sure that you can go listen to an episode on how to get made. It is bananas, but it is bananas in the best possible way. But uh, so we get to the credits. You said we have like assistance to Mr. Cruz, no assistance to Mr. Pitt. But <laughs> we have what nail wrangler, <laughs> basically. I think it just says vampire nails. Okay, a vampire yeah. uh, contacts is a thing. Yeah. I bet those contacts hurt. Techno- contact con- technology has come a long way since then. Uh, the same studio that made those contacts made contacts for uh, Lost Boys, and you could buy them. And they were about 280 bucks for a pair. They would last about six to eight wears. And I wanted some so <laughs> bad when I was 19 years old. I'm sure you did. That was just a little out of my... I don't know. I have to look and see if they're still in business. I think two ninety is still above my price point for goofy get, goofy podcast bit. I'm pretty sure you can get something pretty similar for a lot cheaper because people contact technology's probably come a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember people would. I mean, they're a, a specific look, but for Halloween, people would just change their eye color or white them out or whatever. I'm pretty sure you can get some. I mean, back in the day, you just put like food dye in your uh, in your lens case <laughs> that's probably not safe yeah probably not <laughs> last thing i have is the title card in memory of river phoenix mm. well i don't really want to end end on that but i think we said all we need to say so your homework 
is to come up with some jaunty scythe kill one-liners. Yes, so. yes. One, like, you're Bruce Willis, it's Die Hard 7, and you <laughs> just killed someone with a scythe. You're in what the heart, you you're in Illinois cornfields. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're going to send it to us at Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail or Forbidden Cinema on Instagram, and we will see you back going deeper. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.